0: Well, friends, it now gives me great pleasure uh, to welcome uh, John Burney of the Slavic Gospel Association. John is no stranger to us, of course, and I think in many ways, as I welcome, I do so as a friend first, because he has been here for many years with us. So he comes uh, as a friend, and then he comes as a servant of the Lord Jesus under the banner of the Slavic Gospel Association. And John was reminding us in the vestry earlier it is three years since they have last visited the island, and they always come regularly, uh, annually. So it's been a long time since we've had them, and it's a great pleasure to have you back with us, John And um, John was is a former uh, secondary school teacher, uh, and he became uh, a minister in 1974, after which he became director of studies and lecture at, an, at the Irish Baptist College, and then in 2007, Uh, he served as director of field ministries until 2019 I think yes so so John has now reduced his role in mission uh, to part-time and we are thankful that as part of his part-time work that he is able to be with us today he's going to bring to us a message from God's word and he'll also give to us uh, an update on the work of the Slavic Gospel Association uh, with a special focus on the situation in the Ukraine at this difficult time. So I know. Welcome, John, and ask him to take over for the rest of the session.
1: Well, it is truly a great joy to be here this morning. We have uh, missed our annual visits uh, to uh, Lewis, and uh, it's hard to believe that it is three years, really. But uh, if you remember, we were just preparing in in 2020 to come uh, for our visit when uh, the uh, dreaded COVID-19 struck And uh, so uh, 2020, 2021, uh, the last time we were here was 2019. But it it is a joy to be with you today. And uh, again, just to uh, enjoy the the beauty of God's handiwork in this part of the world. Um, I remember the first time I came, which is, I don't know, 12 or 13 years ago. It was a beautiful, absolutely stunningly beautiful uh, week of weather. And uh, on the way up, uh, Derrick, Took me uh, around Harris to see the beaches and so forth, and I said to some of the men afterwards, I was thinking of moving house. They said, "Wait, do you see the horizontal rain?" And uh, of course, we've seen that a few times here too. But the warmth of the welcome is always the same, and the warmth of Christian fellowship. And we thank you so much for all your prayers and all your interest in uh, the work of God through Slavic Gospel Association. I want to do my advertising first, and uh, and then give you a, a little report, brief report about the work and particularly homing in on Ukraine and then we'll turn to God's word. Uh, at the table here at the front there are a number of things, uh, some free literature. Many of you will already get Frontlines or magazine. If you don't, uh, you, can, uh, you can apply for that uh, online or uh, drop a note or even phone the office and they'll put you on the, the, the list there. There are a number of other project leaflets there to do with different aspects of work camps our work with widows, our work in Far East Russia and so forth. You'll be interested probably in this leaflet, which is just a little summary of the crisis in Ukraine and uh, the way in which SGA have been hoping to respond and that uh, you're welcome to take that. Also, there's a very interesting little prayer diary. I don't know, some of you may have had some uh, of these in the past. This is the most recent one, the updated one. It is a, uh, a month... Of prayer really one topic a day uh, for 31 days and uh, if you have a shorter month then you've got to do two in one day but uh, uh, it's it's I find it very uh, uh, helpful really to pray specifically for aspects of the, the work not just the SGA work but um, the, the work of God uh, generally in some of these uh, countries in which uh, we work so please there are plenty of those I have more in the car outside so please do take one on the way out. Those are free. And then there are some literature which uh, costs money. Uh, this one uh, has been designed for uh, young people for I think really from about 10 uh, to 14 particularly. It's the story of Peter Danica, uh, SGA's founder. And it uh, was written by uh, one of our uh, our office administrators, um, uh, Sharon Hard. And it really is a good read. Uh, somebody was saying recently it's not just a young people's book it's a great read for everybody but uh, it's it's uh, uh, on the the table you can have it three pounds it costs if you take five of them you get them for 10 some Sunday school teachers actually have done that they've lifted uh, five of them and and got them at two pounds each to pass around their classes but those are three pounds and then D- Derek is in a very uh, generous mood at the moment. Um, we have three books, really, which we're lumping together. One is the story of our work in belts in North Moldova. Uh, and uh, some of you will know that Moldova at the moment is feeling rather nervous with the way things are in Ukraine. This is a, the, our work over 25 years in the Bible school and in church planting and in other aspects of the work there. So that, it usually costs three pounds. Um, this is the story of Casa Philippe. It is a, uh, if you like, accommodation ministry set up by uh, Violetta Faragai. Her husband, Philippe, died of brain cancer when he was just 36. And she uh, opened this house uh in I think in his memory really but also as a continuation of his ministry to minister to folk who in the city of Clues could not afford simply could not afford accommodation when they were coming for treatment for cancer or coming to visit relatives who were having treatment and they were greatly burdened about this and Philip in his uh, dying days really in hospital he with Violetta saw the great need and uh, this uh, uh, home has been opened it's truly a wonderful story um, part of the book uh, has been written by Violetta herself just telling the story and the rest I have sort of set uh, the, the whole thing in its context. Usually that uh, is uh, two pounds and uh, then we have transformed which is a series of uh, testimonies from Central Asia um, all of Muslim uh, or some of the folk converted have come out of not even Islam but they've come out of um, black magic Brahamism, uh in, in central asia have been converted and have been greatly helped and blessed by uh, a bible correspondence course which we support through bible mission and again uh, that uh, book is usually uh, three pounds so what is happening is derek is aff- offering three books for five pounds so you can have all three uh, for five pounds and uh, again Uh, there's no payment today just uh, if you want to take the books do that pass the money on sometime um, to your minister or to the church treasurer and we know that will come to us eventually so please do help yourselves uh, as far as that's concerned 2020 was meant to be the 70th anniversary of Slavic Gospel Association and we had great plans in place things to do rallies and meetings and all the rest of it and then of course if you know COVID-19 intervened and the whole of our plans was upset we were concerned uh, obviously because we couldn't get out around churches to uh, do our deputation work we couldn't get to visit in the field and so our schools we wondered what's going to happen about the teaching and so forth and um, we had lots of concerns uh, our links with the 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 various folk that we support, uh, over 200 now, uh, out in various parts of Eastern Europe and Central Asia, um, all of that was a burden to us. And uh, so we really sought God in prayer and we asked our people to pray with us and uh, you did pray and you know God richly blessed us. You know, COVID-19, it did for a moment or two or for a little while, it inhibited our activities, our usual activities. But you know, out of the difficulties God brought also good and what we have seen in every aspect of the work you know that we have four main tracks of 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 ministry Uh, biblical leadership training it's our mission schools our leadership support which is our support of missionaries and and so forth uh, and our families in the, the work of God Christian literature which has been part of SCA's work from the beginning and then crisis response which is our humanitarian the humanitarian aspect of our work Uh, which has, a, if you like, an ongoing uh, dimension as well as, if you like, the emergency dimension, which I'll mention in a moment. Well, you know what has happened? In the school situation, what happened was this, that something we've been praying for for years uh, to happen, uh, and because we couldn't get out, the folk on the field, the leaders on the field, some of them graduates from our own schools in the place, they had to step up to the mark and they had to begin to teach. And, you know, it's been amazing how God has really matured some of them and brought them into the front line, if you like, of training their own people. And so rather than that, if you like, inhibiting our teaching, it actually has given us another dimension to the whole business of training. I'm so thankful today when we look at Moldova, we look at Poland, uh, we look at Kazakhstan and uh, there are men uh, there from the country itself as i say some of them are our own graduates who are now uh, taking uh, teaching uh, sessions in our mission schools and uh, we're so grateful to god for that rather than a backwards backwards step that in fact has been a forward step we thought about our our, our widows work for example you know what will happen you know we can't uh, get round to uh, if you like promote this and to encourage people to pray and to support it and so forth Well, usually, year by year, we have sent out around 40 to 45,000 pounds around Christmas time uh, to give widows help in the various countries in which we work. In the COVID year, we sent out over 70,000 pounds. God's people responded uh, so generously, really, uh, to the needs and God supplied. And again, instead of seeing a backward step or a pause in the work, we saw a forward step uh, as well. And you know, other work uh, uh, has gone on apace. Uh, for example, Christian literature, we have produced uh, over the this last two, three-year period, we've produced uh, uh, Bibles in the Uzbek language, in the Tajik language, in the Kazakh language, and indeed, just recently, um, we have sent out 10,000 Russian Bibles. You now, you may say, well, uh, why that uh, into in Central Asia? Because Russian uh, is the common language of all the Central Asian countries um, and, and so uh, I- if you like it can reach into every one of the countries for people who haven't got a Bible and uh, we're so thankful that that has happened really. So that work has gone on apace. We have a uh, an old Canadian uh, he's, uh, he's uh, Bill Kapetnuk he uh, was called at one stage the God's Printer for Poland and uh, he set up in communist days, he set up a printing press in France and he poured Christian literature into Poland, really. That was his ministry and so forth. Well, Bill's ministry continues today. His work is still going on, uh, not with Poland in view now, but with Ukraine in view. And uh, his, his printing presses are still operating and there's uh, still uh, 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 Christian literature going out into some of these countries from Uh, his printing press we're so thankful to God that that work also um, has continued and of course our leadership support I I have to tell you this that in 2020 we had prayed that God would give us 70 extra missionaries um, in our in our field that we would take on 70 extra missionaries and be able to support them uh, in the work of evangelism and church planting well God gave us 81 and all of them um, are being supported, you know, not a backward step, not a pause even, not a comma, but a forward step and that God has exceeded our expectations as of course he always does and we praise him that uh, the, 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 the COVID problem really uh, did not um, uh, stop the work and in, in fact in many ways did not even hinder the work but in some respects was used by God to drive the work on in new and different and indeed very beneficial ways indeed. And so our leadership support has grown. As I say, we now are supporting over 200 uh, missionaries and missionary families in various parts of Central Asia, uh, of Eastern Europe, and of course in Far East Russia, which has been a a new branch of the work uh, developing um, slowly at the moment. Just listening to, talking to Derek on the way up yesterday in the car, and he was telling me that recently he's been in touch with the folk um, who are, uh, if you like, uh, superintending the Far East Russian work and two of the little airplanes are in service and uh, a pastor and a, and a pilot go out uh, on regular basis from uh, different bases and they visit really isolated areas to share the gospel there. Aspects of our humanitarian work crisis, our, our crisis response are ongoing. I've mentioned to you the, the, uh, the widows And uh, the work uh, of orphans and caring for needy and vulnerable people, all of that continues all the time. But, of course, over the last uh, few months in particular, our focus has been centered on Ukraine and the dreadful things, really, that are happening there. And in the mercy of God, it's uh, been quite amazing, really. In the mercy of God, we have missionaries, our supporting missionaries and pastors working in all the surrounding countries. So in Poland, in Hungary, uh, in Moldova, uh, in, in the, the, the countries surrounding uh, uh, Ukraine, uh, we have missionaries at work. And many of them are working and pastoring in churches near the border. And so uh, in a sense, under in God's summary, we were ideally placed to be able to begin to pour help into the situation there when the war broke out uh two months ago but you know that war didn't begin two months or eight weeks ago it began eight years ago and many of you will know this that in east ukraine there has been really civil unrest and war and many thousands tens of thousands of folk displaced many thousands of people killed um, because of uh, russian-backed separatist forces uh agitating in uh, eastern Ukraine. And SCA have been in there from the beginning, uh, from eight years ago. As soon as that conflict uh, flared up, we began to send out help to our missionaries who were there uh, to be able to disperse to the people there. Very practically, we, we sent out, for example, uh, radiators uh, uh, and, and electric kettles and blankets and warm clothes, thermal clothing. And so to really help people in the freezing and difficult conditions there. And that work has continued down through those eight years. And when the war spread then and uh, the Russian forces invaded, um, already uh, many of our contacts on the ground were at work. And we found ourselves in a position where we were able to channel um, finance to uh, church leaders, trusted church leaders, on the borders of Ukraine um, so that they could buy purchase what was necessary and get it across the border into Ukraine some of our missionaries have been working in the most difficult areas in Mariupol for example which many of you know has been raised to the ground almost totally Um, we had had workers there in fact Gennady and his wife and four children a pastor uh, of uh, several churches was working there until very, very recently. He uh, he refused to go. He wanted his wife to move out with the children. She so refused. She said no. She was staying with him, and they would stay as long as they could. They have uh, unfortunately been forced out now, uh, just because of the situation. Two sisters who uh, were cousins of one of the the, the denominational leaders in uh, in Ukraine, uh, Roman, who who is a, a, a an SCA. Regional rep there. The two sisters lived in a, 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 a tower block there in Mariupol, and uh, they were in a very difficult situation where they, the safest place to be was in the basement, but they were very fearful that if the place was bombed, they would be buried really in, in uh, the basement. And so they chose to stay in their second floor apartment uh, instead, which was quite risky in a way. Uh, they had been warned by Roma that they should get out, but they had left it too late and they couldn't get out. Their uh, flat was shelled. They had, uh, the balcony was blown away and a great hole in the wall and so forth. And uh, really they were in a very difficult and dangerous situation. And then the Russians came actually and forcibly uh, expatriated them, took them really uh, out into Russia. Um, so that story could be told many times. We we had a, a situation in in uh, in another uh, bomb town where uh, one of our uh, young men uh, he took his wife to a safe place in ukraine and his children and then he came back really to uh, help uh, in the the difficulty in in his own hometown and uh, he was helping a lady and her two children to get across a broken bridge to catch a bus which would take them out and they were shelled and he was killed and the lady and her two children were killed as well. Those are the kind of sacrifices that folk have been making. We uh, we had another report, again from Mariupol, where five young men who had been trying to help folk stuck in a basement, the basement of a church, they decided that they would go out and try to find bread um, for the the folk who were very needy there, and they went out and they were accosted by Russian soldiers and they were shot dead, Um, five Christian young men. And so those are stories which really have saddened our hearts and broken our hearts. But you know, dear friends, in the middle of it all, God is at work. We heard a wonderful story about an 80 year old retired surgeon who, in uh, the, the middle of this conflict, um, was convicted by the Holy Spirit, trusted the Lord, and, and, and made his public confession of the Lord Jesus Christ. 80 years old. We had, uh, have had reports of six. Other men and another one of the churches are being baptized after trusting Jesus Christ as their Savior. Um, and so God um, is at work uh, despite, the <coughs> despite the difficulties, despite the problems, despite the, the hindrances and so forth. And you know, wherever God's people can meet, um, it, sometimes it's in a broken building, sometimes it's in the basement of a building, sometimes it's in the open air. Um, But God's people are still meeting and they're still trusting and they're still witnessing for him. We have some photographs of God's people out in the the public square uh, having a a prayer meeting in public. And one of the greatest, one of the most heartwarming reports that we received recently was this from one of our leaders. He says, they have not seen in Ukraine such a spiritual hunger for God since the days of communism and the fall of... Of the Soviet system, there is a real hunger for God, a real hunger for his word and men and women and boys and girls are coming to know Jesus Christ the Savior and Jesus Christ is building his church despite the, uh, the, the, the the evil and the destruction and the disaster that is around so many so thank you for your prayers keep praying uh, keep praying for the uh, the churches. In in, uh, Ukraine particularly. Pray that the Lord will give great wisdom to the denominational leaders who are uh, organizing the the distribution of aid and this kind of thing and and keep praying for ordinary Christian believers and for families that God will keep them safe, that he will bless them. So of course many, as you know, millions of people have moved out of the country and uh, across uh, into different countries. (coughs) I'll just tell you uh, one story which some of you may know about Odessa, and uh, we, have a, we have been supporting a children's orphanage there, and, uh, and a, a transition house with uh, older teenagers in it, and of course uh, it came, uh, well it got to the situation where it was much too threatening, and so the children had to be taken out, but where do you take 60 children and their, their, their house parents, you know, how can you get them across a war-torn land and out to safety? Well God was very good, and uh, We were able uh, uh, to see those children brought safely across Ukraine and into the land of Poland. And there uh, they stayed for a while in one of the campsites in which we have our our biblical leadership training course in South Poland. They stayed there for some weeks, but the accommodation was too small and they moved on to Germany. But they and their house parents were able to be moved out. And we continue to pray for Odessa. uh, There's a very lively church there. Grace Church has been doing a tremendous work and we pray that God will bless and preserve his people there and that he will continue um, to uh, encourage them uh, as they see people brought to know the Savior. So these are little snippets, if you like. Um, It's impossible to tell you uh, very much about what's going on because there's so much going on. And of course, the situation changes every day. But as you listen to the news, as you watch these scenes on television please lift your hearts to God in prayer for his people and for the churches there and indeed for those like SGA because we're not the only organization of course working there but those like SGA who are working and whose missionaries are working night and day to relieve need and to bring the light of the gospel to souls that are dark spiritually thank you for your interest and your prayers and um, may the Lord bless you as you Keep these things uh, in your uh, prayer list and in your mind from day to day. I want us to turn to God's word, if we may. And um, My Bible readings really are a, a little bit scattered in, in this sense that uh, I want to, to bring you a, um, what seems to me a very relevant commentary on today from the Acts of the Apostles. So we're going to, we're going to read uh, a couple of uh, short uh, portions. Um, first of all, Acts 12 and verse 1. About that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This is during the days of unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Now, the, Peter then escapes from prison, and we know that wonderful story about God's answer to prayer. And then down in verse 20, we read something more of King Herod. because he did not give God the glory and he was eaten by worms and breathed his last. But the word of God increased and multiplied. Then we have the story in Acts 13, uh, the ongoing uh, work of uh, Barnabas and and Saul and so forth and and the ongoing spread of the gospel. And we read in Acts chapter 13 uh, and verse uh, 4, so being sent out by the Holy Spirit Barnabas and Saul and of course their group went down to Seleucia and from there they sailed to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews and they had John to assist them. (coughs) When they had gone through the whole land as far as Paphos they came upon a certain magician a Jewish false prophet named Bar-Jesus. He was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus a man of intelligence who summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elemas, the magician, for that is the meaning of his name, opposed them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. But Saul, who was called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, You son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of deceit, all deceit and villainy, will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, And you will be blind and unable to see the sun for a while, for a time. Immediately mist and darkness fell upon him. And he went about seeking people to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed. When he saw what had occurred, for he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. And then I I, I want to take you across really uh, into uh, chapter 13. And uh, towards the end of it. And uh, what has happened here is that uh, the apostolic band have been preaching in Pisidian Antioch. And there's been a tremendous movement of the Spirit of God. and People are interested and so forth. And we read in verse 42. Any pastor would love this, wouldn't they? As they went out, the people begged that these things might be told them the next Sabbath. And after the meeting of the synagogue broke up, many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas who, as they spoke to them, urged them to continue in the grace of God. The next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. But when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and began to contradict what was spoken by Paul, reviling him. And Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying, It was necessary that the word of God be first spoken to you, since you thrust it aside and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life. Behold, we are turning to the Gentiles." For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord and as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. One commentator on the book of Acts wrote this. (coughs) He said that at each phase of the gospel's expansion, it was accompanied Not only by healing miracles, but also by signs of judgment on God's enemies. And as the gospel moved forward and the church grew and developed, there is this tension evident that the gospel, yes, is going forward, but opposition and resistance, the resistance of the devil and the evil one was constantly working against it. And that opposition is seen. We've seen different aspects of it here. Uh, as we have read uh, those three short portions uh, from the Acts of the Apostles. Um, we are aware, really, of that opposition on a, uh, if you like, on a, 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 the basis of, of us being able to see it and feel it ourselves. We, we are aware that of what is visible and, and what is obvious to our eyes today. But sometimes what we forget is that the opposition and the persecution on the on, on the surface, if you like, is indicative of a, a much more profound opposition uh, uh, underneath the surface if you like, unseen to the human eye I, in other words the, the the war that we see on the surface <coughs> is part of a greater war that is going on underneath the surface, often invisible to us. paul speaks of wrestling not against flesh and blood but against the principalities and the powers (coughs) and when we think about this we are reminded at once that the events around us human history including what's happened to us at the moment in our world and what has happened over recent years that these need to be set in the context of a bigger plan that is the plan of God they are part of the workings of our infinite God who in fact is advancing and working out his perfect purpose for his people and for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ his son and in a a way which is mysterious to us and often hidden to us concealed from our eyes God is guiding and controlling the affairs of nation and men to fulfill his perfect purpose. And the tragedy of Ukraine, with the appalling destruction and loss of life, it saddens us and it shocks us. We see it very clearly. We see the scenes on our television screens and so forth. We see it on this worldly plane. But dear friends, there is another dimension. There is another dimension beyond human sight and understanding. Often very perplexing to us, admittedly. God is working his purpose out in the world. To glorify his son. And what we learn from these passages of scripture. Here. Is that glory. That will be declared. That none can stay the hand of God. And the purpose of God. Not dictators. Not deceivers. Not deniers. And let's just for a moment look at those. Let's look at this dictator. Herod. Because that's what he was. Those. Uh, uh, the. The descriptions given to us here by Luke of what he did—he he he moved his hand against the church and against the leaders of the church, and he set himself in opposition to God. Um, The and we learn three things really from this passage uh, of scripture here that Herod's foolish actions in setting himself in opposition to God uh, blinded him to his own mortality. It's, it's so interesting. He, he was, like the rest of us, is dependent upon God for his breath and his life. But he came to the point, really, as we see, as he, he made this oration and then uh, responded in the way that he did to the people, he imagined himself invisible, I- invincible, taking to himself adoration which should have been reserved only for God. Luke tells us he did not give God the glory and with one stroke of judgment God destroyed this dictator and took him out of the picture so for all the power that Herod wielded in those ancient days God's power prevailed and the interesting thing is that we are told that God's word also multiplied. Look at at verse 24 it's it's really interesting that uh, uh, immediately after the report of Herod's death, we read that the word of God increased and multiplied. In contrast to the demise of Herod and his opposition to the apostles and the work of the gospel, we see the indestructibility of the word of God. In the most antagonistic of circumstances, in the most difficult circumstances, in the face of the fiercest opposition and persecution, God was doing his work, changing uh, uh, hearts and lives for all eternity, and you know, dear friends, as I said to you, it's happening in Ukraine at the present. It's happening in Ukraine at the present, in the midst of all the the the, the persecution, the opposition, the 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 dreadful uh, destruction. God is at work, healing hearts, bringing men and women and boys and girls to Himself. And it's interesting too to read that they. God's mission was, was accomplished here. Verse 25 is a little phrase. Sometimes we could pass over it. It says, And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had completed their service. When they had completed their service. So there were, if you like, uh, easy for us to gloss over that. But they returned to uh, Antioch from Jerusalem having done what they set out to do. And, and, and the opposition of this great dictator did not if you like, uh, hinder them. Um, And we want to pray in these days that God will help his church in Ukraine to accomplish his purpose for them despite all the difficulties that surround them. So dictators cannot stop, cannot put an end to the work of God. Dictators cannot frustrate the purpose of God and his gospel. But then in chapter 13, we read of different kinds of opposition. Barnabas and Saul are, uh, have this opportunity to, to go and to minister to a, an interested proconsul. We have, if you like, two, two figures here. And the first is a sympathetic, searching proconsul, Sergius Paulus. He wanted to hear God's word, he was anxious to hear the story of the gospel. He was a man of intelligence, Luke tells us here a thinker who was drawn to the gospel which had been preached through the whole island by that stage. And, uh, of course, he had obviously got wind of it and wanted to hear it for himself. Here is evidence, if you like, of the Holy Spirit's work in the heart of a man or woman. You know, it's a wonderful thing to to think that. You know, how are men and women brought to know Jesus Christ as Saviour? uh, John tells us, you know, the wind blows where it wants to. We hear the sound of it, we Uh, Don't know where it comes from. We don't know where it goes to. We don't. uh, There there are aspects of that whole uh, natural phenomenon which we don't understand. He says, So is the work of the Spirit. He says, A secret work, a work under the surface which you can't often see. We forget that, dear friends. We forget that. You know, God is at work. God is at work in your community here. You may not see it, and it may be invisible to our eyes, but God is at work. And we want to pray that God will bring his work to fruition in the hearts and minds of many. And here in the heart of this man, Sergius Paulus, God was at work. And he had a hunger to hear the word of God. There was an interest in the message and a desire to listen to what they were preaching. But on the other hand, we had this deceitful, obstructive sorcerer, Bar-Jesus by name. The name Bar-Jesus means literally... Son of the God who saves. But it was a, if you like, attached to him, it was almost blasphemous, wasn't it? Paul declares he was no such thing. What Paul calls him is a son of the devil, an enemy of all righteousness. Because not only did he himself not believe the gospel, not only did he not believe the gospel, but he did his best to obstruct the proconsul and to stop him hearing the gospel. What despicable evil. But you know that is the design of the devil. And he's at work always seeking to blind the eyes of men and women. And to deafen their ears to the gospel. Whatever way he can to dissuade them from listening to the word of God. How many are deceived and uh, and are kept from Christ. Because of the deceit of the devil in many ways. Men, Men think they know it all. How little they see of God's working and how blind to the fact that God is at work. And, and, and how careless they are with the word of God and the warnings of God's word. And God's judgment fell on elements here. And it will do upon everyone who sets himself up against God and against the gospel. Small and great, rich and poor, influential and ordinary, God will ultimately judge those who live in opposition to the gospel. And to the truth of God. Well isn't it wonderful to read. Despite the opposition. Despite the work of those. That deceiver. What we read is the proconsul believed. He was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. told, And he saw the power of the gospel. uh, At the hands of the apostles. God's work. Cuts through the deceit. And conquers the heart. So dictators could not stop the gospel. Deceivers. Could not. Stop the gospel. And then our third little picture is in chapter 13 as well. Um, We read a little bit of it. um, The reaction of the Jews, if you like, to the the preaching of God's word in Pisidian Antioch. (coughs) Um, We don't know uh, the details of why they lost John Mark on the way. But when Paul and Barnabas reached Antioch, uh, they preached powerfully to the citizens, and it, it resulted in a city wide clamor to hear the word of God. And they came, and they said, uh, uh, the next Sabbath we we're told, almost the whole city turned out with this desire to hear God's word. But you know, in opposition again were the Jewish leaders. And they set themselves against this. The people were begging to hear the message. The Jewish readers were, leaders were enraged and they set themselves in opposition. We read here that they contradicted the message. We read that they, in verse 45, that they reviled the preachers um, who were bringing this message. Uh, but Paul and Barnabas with him continued to preach powerfully the truth. For them, the message of Christ was blasphemy. For them, uh, it, it was a, a message to be rejected and uh, they denied. The truth that Paul and Barnabas were preaching. The opposition of the Jews was inflamed further because many of the Gentiles accepted the truth and followed the Lord Jesus Christ. And we read that the, 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 in verse 50 that the, the, the Jews then incited devout women of high standing, and the leader men of the city, to stir up opposition against Paul and Barnabas. And actually, what they did was they drove them out of the city. Such was the intensity of their opposition so here were deniers but you know, you read what, you, uh, what it says there they shook off the dust from their feet verse 51 against them and went to Iconium and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit why? because they left behind them a believing body of people they, they, they left behind them Gentiles who had come to know and to love the Lord Jesus Christ as their saviour And the gospel again had done its conquering work in the hearts and lives of men and women. The apostles may have been driven from the city, but they left behind a vibrant witness to the Lord Jesus Christ. Dear friends, dictators can't stop the purpose and the work of God. Deceivers can't stop the work and purpose of God. And deniers can't stop the work and the purpose of God. We're thankful today that we're in the service of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the one who, 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 who told us that the Lord Jesus will build this church, he, he told us that, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. The gates of hell will not win out. The gates of hell will not have the last word. But in fact, the Lord Jesus Christ and his people will be triumphant. What an encouragement for us in these days. You know, as we look back over the last few years, it really is, uh, it's difficult to escape the truth, I believe, that God, if you like, is shouting in the ears of men and women today for their attention. We've had so many disruptions. We've had all the hassle and the disruption over Brexit, whatever your political view about that, but it was a disturbing uh, situation. We've had uh, uh, um, uh, COVID, we've had the Afghanistan war, we've had uh, Ukraine now, Um, we've had this, we have this awful tension now between East and West, the threats of Putin and and, and all the rest of it, the the specter of uh, atomic uh, warfare. Why, uh, what's happening? What is God doing? Well, we don't know ultimately. We know he's working his purpose out. But I believe this personally, that in these things, God is, as it were, shouting in the ears of unbelievers to turn their attention to him. You know, one of the other wonderful things that has happened in Ukraine in these days is the the, the spiritual hunger that I mentioned to you. But God's people out in the streets even of the cities, in destroyed streets and, and places where bombs have been falling, out praying and witnessing and seeking to win their fellow countrymen for the Lord Jesus Christ. God's work will be done. God's um, will will be accomplished and Christ's church will be built for the glory of his name. May the Lord bless you and bless his word to your heart today. Thank you.
0: behalf, we'd like to thank John for being with us and, and thankful to him for the update on what's happening across their work and especially with regard to the Ukraine uh, and we have been reminded of the many issues that we have to, to pray for and to enable us to do that there are, there's, there's literature on the side here so please bear that in mind as you leave and uh, as John said if you want to purchase any of the books the, you may make payment for these afterwards and perhaps Neil uh, can have a pen and paper handy so that Those who want to take books can leave their names uh, and uh, make the payment sometime in the future. In the midst of everything, we are thankful for the way in which John reminds us of the sovereignty of God. We can be discouraged with everything that's happening in the world, uh, and we are thankful to be reminded from the word of God, uh, the way in which God works his salvation in the midst of judgment. And sometimes we think of God working despite what's happening, but in actual fact it seems that God is working. By the way and by the means of the very things that are happening. And it's a great mystery to see how God works in the Ukraine and how He works in the midst of other crises in life for the glory of His name and for the advancement of His own church and kingdom. So thank you, John. a pleasure having you with us. And we trust you will enjoy the rest of your trip to our islands. So I want to conclude now in our last item of praise. It's Psalm number 1 to 6, which is a uh, great. The song of encouragement for the people of God in exile, and the promise of the return with with joy and with the fruit and the blessing of God. Psalm 126, we're going to sing the whole of the psalm. It's on page 419. When Zion's bondage God turned back, as men that dreamed were we, then filled with laughter was our mouth, our tongue with melody. The whole of the psalm to God's praise. stand for the benediction. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. Amen.